This show is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, the Justice League of board game podcasts. Find out more at Dicetower.com. Welcome to another episode of the Family Gamers Podcast. This is episode 270. That is correct. Somehow we have gone three quarters of the way around. I don't know what. <laughs> around our sanity? Maybe? <laughs> Who knows? I have no idea. Does that mean we have to stop at 360? Um, whatever the crowd wants. All right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Family Gamers Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined by my lovely and wonderful wife, Anitra. That's me. All right, so we're going to get directly into our show. Super excited to bring this one to you. This is a show, we are going to talk about something that, I don't want to say it's near and dear to our hearts because it's kind of not, but it's something that we always get asked like all the time. So more family gatherings are happening, hopefully. And uh, a lot of people want to play games with their family, which of course is something that we want to celebrate. Yes, and it's something that we did over the Thanksgiving holiday, which Mm -hmm. was great yep it was awesome so what we thought we would do this week this is again people ask us this question a lot is talk about a couple of games it was going to be five but you know how we are it's like a baker's dozen of of games that are easy to teach right to get to the fun faster Mm -hmm. but first i do want to talk about my fact i do have a fact about our episode number 270 so as many people know midterm elections are coming up next year But two years after that, we're going to have a presidential election, just like we had two years ago. And 270 is an important number. 270 is an important number. So in the United States of America, currently, in order to actually win, you need 270 electoral votes. A presidential candidate. A presidential candidate needs 270 electoral votes. And that is my fact for episode number 270. All right. We also have some special ads from our sponsor first move financial dealing with the holiday season yeah so with the holidays coming up this is a time of year that a lot of people get themselves into financial trouble that they then dig out of with the start of the next year or with the hope of a year-end bonus here are some gift-giving strategies to keep from reaching a griswold level of stress this year first a lot of families transition at some point away from giving gifts to everyone to somehow reducing either the number of gifts everyone is responsible for bringing or the value of the gifts One idea is to draw names this year for Secret Santa gifts next year. You have an entire year to shop. Then each person will receive one big gift from someone else in the family. Another idea is to stop giving gifts to the adults in the extended family and focus solely on gifts to the children in the family. My extended family has done this. Yet another is to do a white elephant gift exchange or an ornament gift exchange or even a holiday treat exchange. Many families will combine a few of these ideas, like having the adults do a secret Santa while the kids receive one large gift from someone and small stocking stuffers from everyone else. The most important part is to talk with your family and, if necessary, set up healthy boundaries so that you can create and maintain a holiday budget. If you want to talk through other ideas to take some of the stress out of the holidays, set up a time to talk to First Move Financial by going to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers today. All right, thank you so much to First Move Financial for sponsoring this episode of the show. And for their suggestions. Yep. I actually have a couple more suggestions that maybe we can kind of add on to this. So first of all, I am a big fan of Secret Santa or something like that, because I would much rather, and I think a lot of people feel this way, get a significant gift from one person than a bunch of little things. A bunch of little junk. The cost threshold thing, like I'm not super in love with that idea because 
you end up with a lot of stuff. I think Americans have just a lot of stuff, and we don't need so much yeah. stuff. So I'm a big fan of whatever that kind of consolidation thing looks like, right? I think that's really, really helpful. Plus, it doesn't really have to be a secret thing. Like, if everybody knows that you have an assigned person, like, fine. That's okay, too. And yeah. when it's not a secret, then people can kind of talk freely and get ideas from a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. But the gift giver is the one who obviously has the final say. So I think that really makes it a lot easier to make sure that whatever it is that you're giving someone is informed. But I do like the idea of maybe picking names like out of a hat the year before. Like that's kind of cool. Like doing it a whole year ahead of time, I think is a great idea. Plus it makes it a lot easier for me if I know who I need to butter up over the course of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. But that obviously doesn't work for everybody. I'll say in my extended family, our kids are the only kids. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense to say, you know what? None of the other adults are getting each other presents. But if you want to give something to the kids, great. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that really gives, I think, some meaning. Like, it's nice to see my brother and my sister. But, like, let's be honest. They're coming to visit the kids. And that's totally fine. (laughs) So, yeah. So it it really helps with with that part of it. And if, you know, my brother and sister give, like, video games to our kids, I get to enjoy them anyway. You get to enjoy those, too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But seriously, it really is a time of year that many people are prone to overspending. And I really appreciate First Move uh, just giving us a couple of ideas on ways that we can try to get ahead of it. But you know what? We're here to talk about board games. Let's talk about board games. Let's talk about board games. We've been playing a bunch of games. What have we been playing? So we have been playing a lot of Kim Joy's Magical Bakery. You've been playing a lot. I've been playing some. (laughs) Okay. I've been playing a lot. Uh, Kim Joy's Magical Bakery, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you have played some of it as well. Uh, yes, some. This is a just a really nice cooperative game with a little bit of strategy where you have to please customers, and you please customers by using ingredients to make layers or to combine with layers to serve up these customers and give them whatever they want. And we're currently playing through the campaign mode, which is basically the main concept of the game with a twist every time you play. So there's 10 scenarios. They get progressively harder. The last one we played was the first one where we finally didn't get three gold stars. We got really close. If we had one more turn, we would have gotten a, f- a fifth customer. So we would have gotten the third gold star. But I'm really enjoying it. I really like the slight twists that they're giving to this. It reminds me, it kind of makes me think of like, you know, a game that you would play a lot of, but then you would go on BGG and find all the variant ideas. And then you would pull, mm-hmm. you know, 10 of mm-hmm. those, but they're in the box, right? So this game is super simple. It's it's an easy teach, which is something that we're talking about second half of the show. This isn't a game that's on that list. The games that we picked are a little bit more classic, but it is an easy teach. Yeah. We taught it to a friend of ours even tonight in about five minutes. And it's... Nice, and it's fun, and it's cooperative, and so we're really enjoying that. Kim Joy's Magical Bakery from Skybound. Well, and it's nice to have a game where there's definitely a tension there, like you don't want customers to leave angry, Yep. but that's literally the worst thing that happens to the game. Yeah. The customer leaves the store, they're not your customer anymore. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, like, there's no like health points and like, you die. Yeah, there's, and, you know. there's tension there, but it's all, can I fill the order or not? Right. And that's it. I agree. I agree. So we're having fun with that. Well, speaking of games over the holidays... I showed my mom Block Ness and had a great time with that. That's another game that's a very easy teach. You know, hey, we're sea serpents and we're fighting for control. You can only ever go over other body segments and not under. And a little bit of rules around how else you can place the body segments. And that's it. And it's just who's going to last longer. I really like that game. We had a lot of fun when we played that. Mm -hmm. 
You and I played some more Land versus Sea. We did. I think I won this one. You uh, yeah, pasted me last time, so it was rewarding one. for me to actually win a game. You know, I really, really like the fact that in Land versus Sea, there's so many different things that you kind of have to keep your eye on, and it's like it's not the end of the world if you don't pay attention to something like the caravans or the mountains yeah, or the yeah. coral or whatever. But it really is rewarding when you put that stuff together and you manage to make it work. Yeah, I think we're going to start kind of teasing this stuff out we are giving away a copy of land versus sea this holiday season all right so i don't know exactly when we're going to start uh, publicizing our giveaways but you want to pay soon. attention because this is a game that many people are calling a carcassonne killer i like this game and carcassonne is very meh for me so i guess that means it kills a dead game that's functionally I, I, dead to me anyway i mean sure <laughs> but i'm really enjoying land versus sea from good games and um i think that uh you might as well I have been playing some more Canopy, um, which is this lovely, mostly two-player game of building the best rainforest. I'm trying to get some plays in so we can review it, but I also need to try the solo variant and the three or four-player variant. It's definitely designed to be a two-player game, but I want to see how it plays in the other modes. Yeah, I mean, we've reviewed a couple of games in the last few weeks that really just like the single player wasn't good and the game was good but the single player wasn't and so sometimes that just happens a game is yeah. not designed to be a single player game and it's not good as a single player game. and and that's okay but right. you oh, need totally. to know that coming into it yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i mean you can buy a great game or pick up a great game for for whatever reason and just not play it in a certain way because it didn't work in that way and that's totally fine agreed a couple other games that the kids have been asking me to play more hero hockey which is just silly and fun. Oh, I played Hero Hockey again tonight with oh, our yeah. guest who came over while we were waiting for you to get home. Yeah. Yep. That's a fun game. It's, it's just silly fun. It's just silly fun. Mm -hmm. We played some Batman Flux. That got pulled out on a Saturday morning. And our youngest finally showed me Yummy Yummy Monster Tummy. Yeah. It's oh so my goodness. Cute. The game is adorable. It hits just that right balance of it's definitely interesting you know, wrap your head around it as an adult, but also kids are just like, oh, well, the things with vegetables are bad, so I'm never going to use a vegetable. And I'm like, but, but it's the right color. <laughs> Do the right color. Well, you can sometimes. Yeah, I know. Our child is just like, you can only use it sometimes, so I'm going to use it never. Yeah, but it's the right color. Like <laughs> it's the right color. <laughs> no, it's super cool the way mm. it works with combining different ingredients together to make a color. And the goal is to have the end color be close to the, the monster. Yeah, and sometimes you put in two colors that are very close to the monster, and sometimes you have to put in two completely different colors that when they combine are close to the monster yeah. color. So yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting. It's it's really kind of a, a cute game. It's a lot of fun. Similar to Yummy Yummy Monster Tummy, our son Elliot has just been crushing it on Kids Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, He's been playing that a lot. So Same you, publisher. Yeah, you and I have not really been playing that. but I he played has been, a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, like we understand what's going on, but mm -hmm. he is the one who has taken that and run with it. He plays it sometimes with his brother, most of the time with his grandma. Which is, yeah, honestly, if I were to pick one, I would rather he play it with his grandma. Just because, yeah. like, I just, like, I don't know, I stand in the doorway and just kind of watch them play together like it's really cute it's like they're reading it out loud and they're discussing their options of where to go next and it's great yeah please don't take this the wrong way your mom is not an adorable grandma no she's definitely not she, she, like there are grandmas who are like adore like your grandma was an adorable yeah. grandma your mom not an adorable grandma but this is adorable but this is adorable so yes. kudos to lucky duck games for making anitra's mom an adorable <laughs> grandma <laughs> All right, next on our list is Disney's Kingdom Hearts Perilous Pursuit. 
So what I didn't realize is this is actually a remake of a different game that was a Perilous Pursuit game. Maybe it was Talisman. I, 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 don't, I don't remember what it was. But in this game, you are collaboratively, cooperatively trying to fight against the Heartless, which are the main antagonist group in the Kingdom Hearts video games. And it's kind of interesting the way this game works because every character has the same four or five abilities. I think it's four abilities. There's one special ability that's different for everybody, but all the others are like attack and special and shield and there's something else I don't remember. So the way that you set up these abilities, they all have different strengths for each character. So there's like a ready, set, go mechanic, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I found it kind of hard to wrap my head around it until we had played several rounds. Yeah, I think you just kind of have to understand that as a ready, set, go sequence. And like once you kind of get, okay, I have to get to ready, otherwise my progress doesn't count. I have to get to set, otherwise my progress for set doesn't count. Although set is But once you're ready and one. set, you can do the action every go, turn. Go, go, yeah. go, go. Right, exactly. And so the rule book is not great on some of this stuff. It, it's very confusing in some ways. But the actual game mechanic is pretty interesting where you're kind of working your way through the worlds that there are in Kingdom Hearts and you're basically kind of pushing like a seesaw balance beam kind of thing. You're trying to push the marker uh, all the way to one side so you've, you know, air quote, saved that world. And they get progressively harder as you go along. But there's a good mix of worlds and all the worlds are double-sided. So there's a little bit of variance on each side. So there's a lot of replayability here. I don't know yet if the core mechanic has staying power. I think it was mostly just the day. Like, my, our kids were just... Yeah, we got about day. halfway through, and one of our kids was checked out, and another one was just like, I'm done. The one that was, I'm done, would have been fine if the other kid was involved or not there. But the negative pull just didn't... Yeah. Just, yeah. So... I don't know yet if it's the game or if it was the situation. I right. think it was more of the situation. It might be a little bit the game. Well, this is something we've found in the past is games that have a certain kind of turn structure just can feel a little long at like this four or five was, players. But I felt like this one was long because people were dragging their feet because sure, they were grumpy, it could be It could right? be that. Too. But I don't know that until we play it more. And, right. and so that's what we're going to have to do. I just, I don't want like that kind of that initial feeling to drag down the secondary play, the you know what I mean? Play, so yeah. so we got to kind of tread lightly on that one just to make sure that we get it to the table at the right time. But I mean, I thought it was cool. Once I got like the ready, set, go thing, once I kind of figured that out, I was like, okay, this is neat. And I can yeah. kind of see how, you know, once you get into the worlds and you've got all your stuff set, it's like, okay, no, okay, the cyclical process here, and we're building on each other, and everybody's it supporting each up, other. And it it's does. more of a big deal that in some of the later worlds, it's like, oh, the penalty here is you lose your ready. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's interesting. That is Disney's Kingdom Hearts Perilous Pursuit from the op. So, looking forward to playing that one a little bit more. Another one from the op we've played which is almost the opposite side of this coin, was <laughs> Cuphead, the dice rolling yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. This game is so much fun. Frantically rolling dice. Yep. My goodness, this is a frantic game, which is appropriate. <laughs> it totally fits the theme. Mm -hmm. It's got that frantic nature we associate with Cuphead of like, oh no, oh no, gotta hit the guy, yep. gotta hit the guy, don't want to get hit. Yep. So here's the thing. Okay, first of all, if you like the game, the video game, I think that you will like the board game, it has a lot of the same feeling. Yes. 
as long as you like dice. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have some friends who don't like dice. My extremely strong recommendation for this game is that everybody needs to have their own dice tray. Yeah, it is tough because you want to roll dice really fast over and over again. If they start skittering across the table... You're done. You're done. You're done. Yeah. You've yeah. only got like 45 seconds or something. No, 20. 20 you have, seconds? You have 20 seconds unless as a group you decide to have less time to get a bonus. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but again, just like the game, you get rated A plus through F. <laughs> yep. And like the first time anybody plays this game, unless you are like a dice rolling freaking maven, you're going to get a middling score. At best. At best. It's the kind of game where you play it and then you look at the scores and you're like, uh, no. No way. <laughs> I could do so much better than that. No, no, no. Not even that. Like, yeah, nobody's getting an A+. plus. Mm. You know, like that is... Maybe I can get a B, but that's crazy talk, right? But as you kind of go along and as you get a little bit better and, you know, all this kind of stuff, you figure out like the very slight things that seem like minor tweaks that actually make a difference, like having a dice tray so you don't have to chase your dice all over the place Mm -hmm. because it really makes a big difference. Yeah. It really, really does. Yeah. But the game is super fun. I really like the fact that when you beat an enemy, you get coins, which you can then use to buy some stuff. It's got... Some of that same like progressive box feel that a game yes. like Hogwarts Battle does. Just enough. Just enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not the same. Well, it's not a deck builder. So it's not like you're, you know, buying cards to put in a deck, but then you lose them the next time you play yeah. and you feel like whatever. No, it's, it's like a video game in that you're powering up and mm-hmm. then you're facing different bosses. Yep, yep. So it really is a lot of fun. And, you know. When we played, I I own the Cuphead original soundtrack because I love it so much. So of course we put it on while we were playing, which it's just, totally appropriate. Oh, it's it's super fast and like crazy. It's just nuts, and you're rolling and you can feel it, and it's just like ah, love it, love it. I would highly recommend this for a present to a video game lover in your life. Yeah, it's a big box too, so like it's got presents, yeah. not like presents. <laughs> I mean, it's presence. got that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, just And it just looks so good. Like, if you like that art style, oh, oh, they nailed it. So good. All right. Back to speaking about really easy to learn games. I've been playing some Similo recently and showing it to another friend or two. Mm-hmm. That is definitely an easy teach game. Yep. yep. I really like the fact that there is no reading required, although reading and background knowledge can help mm-hmm. with the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our son has been digging into the, what else, Greek mythology set and using all of these super obscure clues because he's been reading up on Greek mythology and <laughs> assumes that everybody knows now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't work so well. No, but it's fun. <laughs> but it and, is fun. And it gives him the opportunity to... to Flex his brain. Yes. And not like flex like show off, but like flex like think. Oh, no, also like, showing off. Yeah, but, but the pro- I mean, it helps to kind of process this stuff and, and take it, it apart does. and put it back together. And I mean, that's how I get good at arithmetic. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. One more I do want to mention from the op, which we haven't actually played yet, but it's getting closer, is our 10-year-old, who is the, you know, the Greek mythology flexer, <laughs> <laughs> um, is plowing his way through the quests of your quest master manual yes because he is very excited at the prospect of being the qm it's not a dm it's the qm the quest master the quest master Fantastic. and guiding us through the quests of yore it's still going to be a while before i think we have the time to really sit down and yeah. and play it as a family uh, i agree but i think it's going to be a christmas vacation game for mm-hmm. sure yeah so we're really looking forward to that one also two last quick things 
we finally got around to playing the pumpkin problem. We did. This is currently the last. There may be more. It is the most recent. The most recent Holiday Hijinks 18 card escape room game from Grand Gamers Guild. Now, this one was rated at a two out of three difficulty, unlike the other ones, which have been three out of three. I think that's appropriate. So I don't want to give anything away, but you should really have a piece of tracing paper if you plan on giving this one away to someone. I'm going to say you should not plan on giving this one away. That's an option. You should just draw on the cards. That's an option too. It definitely was a bit easier. Very kid friendly because it's all about Halloween and a bunch of trick or treaters. Mm -hmm. And I I want all kid friendly, like in terms of theme and and content, they're all kid friendly. It's just some of the knowledge stuff and especially the independence that it was a little harder. Yeah. And this one, the the knowledge stuff is pretty much stuff I would expect a 10 year old to be able to figure out. So I really liked it. I mean, sign us up for any and all holiday yeah, we'll get them all from, from now on. <laughs> I think at this point, we'll get them all. If another one comes out, I we'll think just they're buy great. It. Mm-hmm. And the last game to mention is Disney It's a Small World. Yeah. So you'll hear it in the break. Corey and Sasha reviewed this game for us mm-hmm. as a snap review, mm-hmm. but they recorded the snap review at our house. Well, we have the equipment. <laughs> because we have the equipment. <laughs> and so we sat down to play a game of Disney It's a Small World. It says something about the game that not only was the eight-year-old excited to review it, but as soon as the review was done, she was like, I spent so much time talking about how awesome this game is. I want to play it now. Mm-hmm. So we sat so down we did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it's adorable. It's super fun. You know, I really think that in watching the completed review, I think you did a great job capturing all of that stuff. And obviously, Corey and Sasha were so excited about it because it's mm-hmm. such a fun game and it's such a wholesome family kind of experience. And yes. Any adult who's been to the It's a Small World ride is going to see a lot of things that they recognize, mm-hmm. but it's not like dark and kind of clammy in there. It's, you know, like, <laughs> like the it, actual like ride. <laughs> so it's a, a little bit less creepy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's adorable, creepy, but you know, it's the, the right, game itself is not. It's the right balance of nostalgia and the bright colors we associate with childhood, yep. and being a very low entry, little kid friendly game without being boring. <laughs> you know, the other thing about this game is the components; like they're chunky. It's very well made, and even the pieces that move that articulate do so in a very satisfying way. The whole aesthetic of this in some way reminds me of things like Sesame Street, where it is very much designed for children to engage with and play with, with a nod to adults, you know, so that you don't just write it off and be like, oh, whatever, that kid's game over there. I mean, if we're going to be honest, some people are going to do that, but you don't need to. But you don't need to. You don't need to. And, you know, speaking of this game, why don't we do this? We'll take a break right now. We'll welcome our new members when we come back, second half of the show, and then everybody else can hear about It's a Small World. It sounds like a great move. We'll be right back. You just won the first game at a family game night. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disneyland. (laughs) Well, not exactly. But I can play It's a Small World with you, and we can pretend like we're going to Disneyland. Okay, Dad, just promise not to sing the song this time. Okay. Today's Snap Review is about Disney's It's a Small World, a game for ages four and up, published by Funko Games. Based on the beloved theme park attraction of the same name, It's a Small World is a surprisingly excellent game for little ones and parents to enjoy together as they join the happiest crews that ever sailed around the world. 
Now, before we get into the game itself, let's just take a moment to admire the art and the components. Mary Blair's art design for the theme park attraction is a timeless classic, and Funko wisely chose not to mess with it. This is a flawless replica of the source material, and it is an absolute delight to open this box, set it up, and soak it in. Look how cute the animals are! Everything is bright, colorful, and whimsical. This is a game for preschoolers and young elementary kids, and the components have this really solid heft to them to make you feel good about their durability. The boats are even hard to tip over. At heart, It's a Small World is a seek-and-find game, where your team works together to match the most picture cards to the scenes you can see from your boat. Everyone who plays it is split up into just two teams. That means there's a lot of working together. That's right. And like the actual theme park ride, your boat slowly meanders through a series of rooms. You can only score a picture card if what you see on the card is also in the scene in your room. Now on your team's turn, you move your boat one space and draw the number of cards shown on the space. Most of the cards are pictures for you to find. Right. But there are two kinds of special cards. One is the clock tower cards. These are the timer for the game. When the clock reaches six, the game is over. The second type of cards are flip cards. They let the team rotate the scene board so that now a different scene is visible in the rooms. It's the game's big twist! <laughs> That's right, a literal <laughs> twist. So anyway, yeah, your team matches as many of these picture cards from your team's hand as you can, flipping scene boards if you can to make them visible from your boat, and then your turn is over and the other team goes. The second team starts on the opposite corner of the board, so the two boards are never in the same room. That's right. And if there's any negative to this game, it's that you can't see all the rooms from one seat at the table. But this does encourage kids to get up and move around and keep them active while they're playing. So, Dad, what do you think this game is going to be like when we first set it up? Well, when we first laid out the board, you might think it's going to be a Disney-themed Candyland, and I don't mean that in a good way. The adults were expecting a slow-paced game, one that wouldn't require a lot of thinking on our part, and would take way too long to finish. And I thought it would be too hard for my little sister, and she'd quit. Instead, we were surprised by what an absolute delight this game is. It never feels slow because every turn you always use as many cards as you can, not just one at a time. Yeah, and since it's team-based, your turns are filled with all sorts of interaction as you search for the matches. You can even use a little elementary deductive reasoning, because just like in the theme park attraction, each scene is themed to a certain geographic region, like Latin America, Southeast Asia, or Southern Europe. So asking your kids to think about the geography, or even just the color scheme of the card in their hand, can give them a clue about whether or not they're going to find its match in the scenes in the room. The game is also really quick. Yeah. Funko says like 20 minutes, but we were often finished in 15 or less. Though the river on the game board looks pretty long, the clock cards come up so often that you frequently don't make it past the halfway point. The game is really engaging for the parents, too, because we can especially try to help out with remembering what's on the other side of the wall or giving a three-second geography lesson as a clue. Elephants do not live in Canada, people. <laughs> we can't say enough about how great this game is. It hits its target audience perfectly in art style, durability, difficulty level, game length, and engagement. We rate five happy villagers out of five. And that's It's a Small World in a Snap. And we're back. Hello. So first thing, let's welcome the new members to our Facebook community. 
Yeah, let's do it. We've had seven new members join since we last welcomed our new members two weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to get started. Welcome to Caleb. Welcome to Gideon. Welcome to Ashley. Welcome to Walk Peter. Welcome to Dwayne. Welcome to Princess Lynn. And welcome to Lori. Thanks so much for joining the community. There is a welcome post out there already, and we've already got some people talking about what games they've been playing over this holiday weekend. We played a bunch of games. We know that you've played a bunch of games as well. And hopefully, you're going to hear about some more games in the second half of the show that maybe you might be interested in picking up and teaching quickly to your family for the next holiday. But first... But first, you reminded me of this during the break. I did. We have a four science. Yes. So, we have... Another one of these weird foods. I bought this at the grocery store, actually. Anitra likes to torture me with strange things. She knows that my favorite candy is Kit Kats. And so we have here fruity cereal Kit Kats. Now, I'm pretty sure these are Fruit Loops, at least according to the picture. All I'm going to say is Kit Kats are not supposed to be this color. Yeah, they're like speckled pink. I don't know. They are pink and they are speckled with Pink and green dots. Yeah, I am worried about this. They, I'm worried about the smell. Holy moly. Yeah. That is very artificial. Okay. Very fruit. Are you prepared to put artificial in your face? Here we go. Uh, it tastes like Fruity Pebbles. Fruit Loops. I mean, I never had One Fruity Pebbles. Maybe they Either. taste the same. One of those horribly artificially fruit flavored cereals. It's not bad. It's fine. It's not very good. But what I am going to say is, it shouldn't say Kit Kat. Like... <sighs> There's no Kit Kat here. I'm just going to say that it smelled way worse than it tasted. Yes, that's true. But again, there there is no Kit Kat here. This is like, I mean, maybe it is like Kit Kat inconsistency, but even... I mean, it's got the wafers in there. Yeah, but like, I don't know. In a lot of other ones, like even the Key Lime one, like it tasted like a white chocolate Kit Kat with Key Lime, mm. you know, or the like the strawberry and cream one or whatever it was, was a white chocolate Kit Kat with another flavor. This is not that. This is just Fruity Pebbles. Definitely that fruity, weird flavor. In in your face. A little bit of white chocolate, like, on the back end. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Anyway, I think this one's a pass. This, <laughs> you this, think? This one is a definite pass. I am going to say that our next for science is probably going to be in four episodes. Because oh, we're going to have an interview. Then we're going to have a special show for PAX Unplugged. Mm. Then we're going to have an interview again. Mm. <laughs> And then we'll have the next one. I don't know, man. We already have the food for it, That's true. That's true. Maybe we'll figure something out. I don't know. All right. Well, I think it's time to get into our topic. Yeah, let's do that. So we picked our top six easy to teach games. What a weird number. We're so weird. We go for five and then it's like, but that doesn't quite encompass all of the types we want to Yeah, cover. so the reason why we ended up with six is not because we were ranking them, not because we're doing it, but what we wanted to do is we wanted to find easy to teach games that encompassed most of the mechanics that really put games together and we what we didn't want to do is say like here is a token family game for this mechanic and here is another token family game for this mechanic and blah 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 because we don't want kids games you know or family games which are really kids games you know masquerading as something different (laughs) to dominate a list like this we want these to be games that your entire family can enjoy and so we had to be really careful about what we picked for each one of these to make sure that we had a good breadth. Because if I say our first one, for example, is King Domino, which it is. It is. But, you know, your family hates dominoes and they don't really like tiling games. Then this isn't going to be for you. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't, like, go down a list of tiling games. Because that wouldn't be very helpful for you. Yeah. So 
The first one on our list of easy to teach games is, in fact, King Domino. Why is this easy? Because I can sum up the rules in two sentences. Play the dominoes into your 5x5 kingdom, and then match the land types and try to maximize the crowns in each land area. That's it. That's the game. All right. Awesome. (laughs) I mean, there are some variants in this, and there's a little bit around like how you sequence stuff. But here's the thing. If a game is easy to teach, then that means that somebody there knows how to play. Yes. And King Domino is a game where if you have someone who's managing the tiles for you, you literally don't even need to have anything explained to you at all. Yeah, pretty much just like, oh, hey, your guy is on this domino. Pick which domino you want to have next turn. Okay. And be, now take and your be aware domino. that whichever one you pick is going to affect the order of yeah, the next pick. But you don't even necessarily need to say that. Like, do you want to take this one, which will let you go first? This one, which will also let you pick second, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, I just think that that's a, that's a kind of an important part of it. To it is an important part, well. yeah. but yeah. yeah. So that's the first game on our list, King Domino. I, I mean, again, there's there's some variants, there's an expansion, so there's all sorts of different things we could kind of lean on and touch on. And we have mentioned King Domino Origins a couple of times. We're not talking about that version. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but just vanilla King Domino. You can find it at Target. Very easy to pick up. Very easy to play. A e- lot of people love this game for a really good reason. Easy to teach. Doesn't even require reading. I have played this game with four-year-olds mm-hmm. um not not that they're necessarily good at it but it's one of those ones where they're not going to mess up other people playing right the next game on our list another inexpensive title that you can find in a big box store this is drop it yeah so choose a shape from your shapes drop it into the play field score its points as long as it avoids touching the same shape and the same color it's that's pretty the easy. entire game that's the whole game <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit around how you score points and what that really means. But again, as long as one person there knows how the scoring works, right. you're off to the races. Absolutely. And because it's a functionally a dexterity game, I mean, you can play this all ages. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. It's so fun. It's a clear board that stands up on the table, so it looks great. So, you know, you're going to have people watching you. You know, it's a really great spectator game. It only goes up to four players, but I guarantee you if you have more than four people interested in playing everybody else will be like oh no oh yeah oh he got the points for that one yep yep Yep. and then you know i want to play this i want to try this i want to you know whatever so that's drop it from cosmos a game that if it's on sale you can find it for under 20 dollars. i think when it's not on sale it's still only like 25 between 25 and 30 it's not bad it's not bad but for what you're getting i mean you're getting some big hunks of plastic so (laughs) not so bad our third game on the list is Fiverr Findin'. So I remember when we got this <laughs> game in for review from Hava, we basically cursed the person that sent this game to us because it was all we ever played for like two weeks. Yeah. And our, at the time, 12-year-old kept demolishing us. Every, we couldn't beat her. We couldn't <laughs> Every time. beat her. So this is another one of those ones that's easy to teach, but involves a whole bunch of different skills, mm-hmm. kind of like King Domino does. You want to find and circle as many different shapes as you can that use all five symbols that were rolled on the dice. There's a little bit more to it than that, of course, you know, around timer use and things like that and what the shapes are that you can circle. But that's the bulk of it. And it's just training your eyes to do that very fast pattern recognition. Mm -hmm. So we mentioned a tie lane game with King Domino. We mentioned a dexterity game in Drop It. 
This is a roll and write. This is a, it's a roll and write with pattern a very simple yeah. pattern recognition roll and write game. And so basically, the more complicated the polyomino shapes that you identify with those five symbols from the dice, the more points you're going to get for each one of more those symbols. Less, yeah. And that's kind of how you win. And then in the, I think it's in the last round, everything's worth double or something like that. I, I don't remember. It's been something a little like bit that. since we've, we've played. But um, yeah, it comes in a nice small box. Another relatively inexpensive title, if you can find it. That is Fiverr Finding from Haba. All right. We couldn't let this go without having one of your typical party yeah, you gotta have games. a party game. You gotta have a party game. So you get everybody around the table like, all right, you know, we're going to work together. We're going to play a game together. So not only is this a party game, it's also a cooperative game. And it is one of the simplest games in this cooperative party game genre. It is just one. So this game actually, I think, won the SDJ in maybe 2019. A couple of years ago, yeah. 2019 sounds about right. Best game of the year. I mean, literally, all your players but one write down a one-word clue, trying to get the guesser to guess the secret word. Yep. So the guesser pulls out a card and puts it down on this little stand facing away from them so they can't see them. So, so everybody, everybody else, can, else see can see the card and they pick like a number on it or they roll a die or something like yeah. that. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. And everybody's got to give the guesser a clue as to what that word is. But there's a twist. Before all the clues are revealed to the guesser, any duplicates have to be erased. So everybody else at the table is revealing their clues to each other before they get revealed to the guesser. Right. So the trick here is to have a clue that's not super duper obvious. Or if you have children playing, just make sure that you avoid the clues that are super well, right. duper well, obvious because the children will, will right. and, and that's carry fine. those. And that's fine. So, yes. I mean, we're adults. We're talking to ostensibly adults. Yes. Non-obvious clues. And, and, and it's fun, right? So you go through 13 cards or whatever. <laughs> However many cards your yep. family feels like playing through. You, basically, you go through X number of cards where X is the number of people playing because everybody always wants to be the guesser. Yes. So, <laughs> And then whatever your score is at the end is whatever it is. It's a cooperative game. All right. Speaking of cooperative games. Ish. Ish. Mostly cooperative. How about some Super Cats? <laughs> this is a great little small box game from the op. Yeah. And again, I love being able to teach it because it's literally like, okay, here are your hero cats. Everybody's going to throw fingers at the same time. Right. Zero through five. Zero through five. The player with the highest unique number gets to transform one of their cats into a super cat. When somebody has gotten all of their super cats, they become the anti-hero controlling <laughs> Robodog. And all of the other cats band together to defeat Robodog using the same mechanics of throwing fingers. Right. So you have this kind of... Not really cooperative, but like this mostly I, I cooperative. I don't even, even know what you would call it. Thing that turns into a one versus many, which is the kind of the end. Mechanic yeah, so it starts of the competitive game. and then it becomes semi cooperative. Yes, at the end. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a very silly game, and it's just super fun. And there's lots of laughing and screaming and yelling. Yes. So if you want quiet, this is not the game. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, this is it's a it's probably ten bucks, right? I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. very inexpensive. It's it's a stack of cards. It's a lot of fun. The last game on our list is the complete opposite of the spectrum. Still in the family game genre, but a lot meatier. Definitely. And there's a key to this selection, which makes it an easy to teach game. Yes. So the game is Wingspan. However, I very, very strongly recommend that you pick up Wingspan with the Quick Start Pack. Very strongly recommend this because what the Quick Start Pack is, is a very small set of cards like a subset of cards that basically are your starting hands. And it's got four of these 
panel things, one per player, if you're you mm-hmm. know, playing up to four players, that tell you what to do for your first four rounds or first three rounds. I think it's your first like three turns, yeah. Over the course of those first three turns, if everybody pays attention to what everybody is doing, you will learn how to play Wingspan while playing the game. You don't have to read anything in advance. It's helpful to have someone who knows, but you really don't have to read anything. The, you can. The very first time we played this, none of us had played Wingspan before, so it took a while figuring out how to set stuff up. Mm-hmm. But with the quick start cards, we literally were like, okay, so start reading. Okay, it's just telling me what to do. It's saying... Pick this card, do this thing with it. Yep. This is how you X. And by the time we finished those three first turns, we were off and running. Right. We you don't all have to were sit there. down for 20 minutes and read the rule book. You don't have to have someone there who's already played the game so they can teach it to you. If you use the quick start pack, you will learn how to play Wingspan in 20 minutes while playing the game. It is frankly amazing. I, like, honestly, and, and I've said this many times. After using the Quick Start Pack and Wingspan, I think every game that comes out should have one. A lot of games could really do for, for that. It's yeah. just fantastic. I mean, this is a game that I think they announced in the last week. It has sold a million copies. Yeah. I mean, what was the last game that you remember, like hobby game? Yeah, not a, that has not sold a monopoly, a million not copies. a clue. I mean, yeah. like Ticket to Ride or something like that. Like, I don't yeah. even know what it would be. I have yeah. no idea. I mean... Wingspan is fantastic. It's a very good game. If you like super mega deep crunchy rah 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 experiences, like yes, this is a relatively light engine builder. Yeah. But you know what? We're talking about easy to teach games here. Yeah. So pound sand. <laughs> no, really. But <laughs> no, but we're talking about easy to teach games here. And because of the quick start pack, it is an easy to teach game while not being a super light family game. Right. I, I think there's a sense of accomplishment for someone who maybe doesn't consider themselves to be a gamer and who maybe doesn't have the patience to sit down and even learn something simple like Takenoko, which is not a complicated game, but you do have to spend there's some a lot time of pieces just there, figuring yeah, out what's to, going on, right? Yeah. You don't have to spend any time figuring out what's going on in Wingspan or really with any of the games on this list. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're really trying to get at because we understand we have family who doesn't play games, believe it or not. And just the idea of sitting down to receive an explanation is daunting to some people. Yes. If it's not, I roll a die, I move a dude, I flip a card, I move a guy. I don't want to have anything to do yeah, with it. I, I know people who would be intimidated to play anything other than like LCR or Uno. Right. A and- lot of that stuff that we see, like those uh, memes about like, Board gamers, ah, you know, I mean, I understand where they're coming from with all that stuff. And obviously we don't want to be that. And so that's why we picked this list, because these are games that you can just, I mean, this is like the gateway of gateway games, but it's not (laughs) even about gateway. It's about the teach. It's about being able to bring your family and friends into the thing that you love. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that also may mean some compromising, but we're parents. We compromise on stuff like this all the time. (laughs) Well, I, I just. Every game on this list is an excellent game. Yeah, so, I, su- I super enjoy all of these games. Yeah, so you say compromise. I don't even know where the compromise is. I mean, maybe you're not playing your favorite game, I guess, but you're playing an excellent game. Yeah. And you're doing it without having an intense teaching experience. And that's really what we wanted to focus on for this episode of the show. So I hope that this has been helpful for everybody. It's been fun for us to kind of think through these games and be like, man, I want to play that game some more. Man, I want to play that game some more. All of those. All of them. This happens to us a lot, I guess. But Anitra, where should people go if they want to share their opinions about maybe games that they think are super easy to teach or maybe uh, something about one of these games? 
Well, the best place would be to go to the Family Gamers community on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Either search for us on Facebook or go to thefamilygamers.com slash community. And it'll bring you right there. Right. You can find us on all social media, really, or at least most of it. You can find us at our handle at FamilyGamersAA for Andrew and Anitra. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can yell at us in any of those places. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or shout out to us if you're feeling kinder. Yes, you could do that, too. That would be lots of fun. Yes. In a couple of weeks, I am going to be at PAX Unplugged, and I am going to have Family Gamers buttons. Yay, buttons. If you see somebody with a Family Gamers logo on their shirt... You know, poke them and be like, hey, can I get a Family Gamers button? We would be happy to give you one. If you want to meet up with Andrew at PAX Unplugged, uh, you could definitely send him an email. Yeah, you can shoot me an email, andrew at thefamilygamers.com. Or you can email Anitra and be like, bravo, you got rid of him for a weekend. Anitra at thefamilygamers.com. <laughs> <laughs> the holidays are coming, which is a great time to buy new clothing for your family. Yes, like and obviously they merch. should be kitted out in Family Gamers merch. Obviously. I mean, is there any other way for it to be? <laughs> you can find t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and some other stuff at thefamilygamers.com forward slash merch. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Tell your friends about the podcast, whether you have already or not. <laughs> and please think about leaving us a review, whether it's at Apple Podcast or wherever it is that you subscribe. That's right. You can also find us on Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. The Family Gamers is sponsored by First Move Financial. Go to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers to learn how the team at First Move Financial can help you pile up the victory points and your first call will be free. All right. Awesome. And thanks so much to First Move for sponsoring this episode of the show. Well, I think that's it. Why don't we play one of these easy-to-teach games? All right. I won't even have to spend a lot of time teaching it to you. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for us this week, everybody. Until next week, play, play games, games with, with your, your kids. kids.